The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, May 14th, and we have a mailbag coming for you. A two-part mailbag, actually, with the super friends, myself, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach. Part two will be coming up on Monday. And if you want to check out a, the reaction to the unbelievable schedule that was released by the NFL two days ago, you can go listen to Breach and Wilson break down the schedule on our schedule reaction pod. We also have a podcast featuring Pete Prisco, probably ranting and raving about Tim Tebow, or definitely ranting and raving about Tim Tebow uh, for Tuesday, Wednesday's show. Uh, but in the meantime, Wilson, Breach, what's up, fellas? Happy summer, even though it's a month away, but it's finally warming up here, so I'm counting it as summer, Breach. And uh, may the 14th be with you, Brinson. Uh, and also with you. Thank you. So if it's the 14th, you know what that means. It's Preakness Week, and Sportsline has you covered. Visit Sportsline.com for all the analysis you need to play the ponies. A lot of intrigue right now over Medina, Medina Spirit and Bob Baffert, so you'll need to stay up to date on everything going on with the Triple Crown. Hammer and Hank Goldberg gives out his favorite picks. Jody Dimmering offers his full rankings. Gene Menez will be on the Early Edge podcast dishing out his picks and getting you up to speed on how to bet the second leg of the Triple Crown. Sportsline has you covered for everything related to Saturday's Preakness Stakes. No wonder Bob Baffert was able to win the Kentucky Derby with a horse that cost $1,000. He's just jamming steroids into this horse. I mean, yeah, anybody can win a a, a big race with a $1,000 horse if they can give him unlimited steroids, Bob. My favorite part of that is that he went full denial, denial, denial. And then I don't know if a lawyer talked to him or if like somebody talked some sense to him because then a day later, he total backtrack. Admitted everything. I don't know how you go from full on denial to admitting everything. I got a, I got a question. How do yeah. we know the horse didn't take the steroids? Well, By himself? Yeah. Why are we blaming the, the humans? It could very well be a equine steroid problem. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Ryan, addiction is a serious issue that we shouldn't talk about horse addiction, I don't think. The, well, <laughs> We're not you know, qualified. First, Patrick said, this is a lie. Nothing, nothing happened. I cannot believe it. This is disgraceful. It's like, well, Bob, okay, this is the fifth time it's happened in the last year and 29th time in your career. But, you know, it's starting to be a little bit more into coincidence. And then he said, okay, maybe what it was is this guy who worked in the stables urinated on a pile of hay and that the horse ate the hay. It's like, well, that's the worst excuse I've ever heard in my who, entire life. Who among us hasn't peed on some hay and had a horse eat it? That's right. what I, I used that excuse when I was right, late for an exam in college once. <laughs> who, who among us hasn't taken a bunch of horse steroids and peed and peed on a bale, on a pile of hay in near, at the Kentucky Derby? I mean, really, who has? Cast the first stone. Yeah, <laughs> and then fast first kidney stone, and then uh, he came out and said, "No, no, no, actually, I haven't given my horse this medicine that is, you know, part of a horse steroid, but it was for skin care." Everybody's mm. like, what? What is happening? See, dude? that's understandable. I've taken steroid for skin care before. I, I got a buddy who who put a bet in on that the horse that finished second um and he's like demanding he wants he wants just yeah those people got screwed over yeah yeah who do you yell to about that though 
You sue, Ryan. You, you file a class action lawsuit. I doubt they changed the bets. Yeah, there's no history of them doing that. I don't think they yeah, would. The Maverick <laughs> would presumably lose his prize money and, of course, the ring of roses that comes with it. I can't believe we've turned into a horse podcast. That's what happens during the offseason. There's no schedule to talk about anymore. There's no draft. We're a horse podcast. Uh, indeed, we are. But we're also a football podcast. So let's get into it. And we start with uh, a question from R. Wazerick at, uh, at Twitter. But he says this on Apple Podcasts. And you can leave a five-star review and ask us anything this offseason. We will tell you what it is. Uh, let's see. He says, OBJ time. If OBJ retired right now, would he be in the Hall of the Fame? My initial reaction was, hell no. Wilson? Um, I don't know yet. I'm trying to find this on Pro on Pro Football Reference, the, the approximate value by receiver type. It's taking forever to, to break it down. I, my initial reaction also is hell no, but I'm trying to get some, some hardcore stats. I'll just say here. this real quick while Wilson is looking. Uh, there was, you know, a little bit of controversy about whether Calvin Johnson should get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer. The, the talk was that he would eventually get in. Obviously, he did get in, but the reason that was even an issue is because he only played nine seasons. So you're looking at a receiver who played nine seasons, who when he retired, uh, only 47th on the all-time list for most receptions, not even in the top 30 for most receiving yards, not even in the top 20 for most touchdowns. And, and so... But everybody agrees that he was one of the greatest receivers of all time. So I don't even think Odell is in that conversation. Uh, you know, the, the Calvin Johnson echelon, the Calvin Johnson level. And so now you have uh, that. Plus, he doesn't have the numbers to back it up. I think Odell would have to play at least three more seasons and, and put up like 13, 14 or 1500 yards in each season to get in the conversation. Yeah, his approximate value is 57. I'm sort of doing this um, by hand. And that is, if you're scrolling through like the top approximate value in NFL history, I'm on player 400, and he's and that that's still at 107 approximate value. So Gary Clark is there at 107. He's not in the Hall of Fame. I'm trying to go through. Cliff Branch is in the Hall of Fame, I believe. Isn't that right, Breach? No, he's not. Oh, he's not. Wes Welker's at 109. So I mean, Fred Taylor is not sniffing the Hall of Fame. Fred Taylor's a running back, but he's at 109, and you know he's he was a really good player. Odell's career AV is 57. But, I mean, look, Odell is... And, and wait, wait, and Calvin Johnson's is 93. Yeah. So just, uh, that's how far apart those two are. I mean, Odell is 154th in receiving yards with 6,830. He has less than Brandon Cooks and Nate Washington. Um, you know, he has... Irving Fryer is at 111. He's with Julian Edelman, but with no playoff success. It's a hell no. Yeah. He has, let me, he, has less, he has less receptions than Jared Cook and Delaney Walker. And we never agree on anything, and we all three agree on this. Yeah, he's tied with Marvin Jones in receiving touchdowns. So not, Marvin here. Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. That's what that one tells me. There you go. Uh, Derek Mason is 114. He's obviously not in the Hall of Fame. I'm just going through. I'm scrolling up here, uh, going through these guys. OJ Simpson's in, but um, you know how that went. Let me see. I'm going to see the highest name I can find. Who uh, is not in there? You guys can keep talking. Let's see. What Do you know who has more receiving yards than Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. Oh, that's Pat, is that true? That's Pat Tilly. He's he's basically Julian Edelman with no playoff success. TJ Hushmanzada. This is not a this is we're not spending any longer than this on that. We took more <laughs> horses than Odell Beckham. He's, he's got, got the iconic catch. He's he is not. I don't even. He's he's not. 
he's not Julian Edelman. I mean, he's not. I don't. He's not in that conversation. I put Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame before I put Odell yeah. back for sure. That's right. And I think a lot of that has to do with just injury more than anything. He hasn't yeah. played a lot. Oh, here we go. Here's a great one. This is. I think I'm down at 123. Steve Smith. He's at 139. Steve Smith is almost would 100 percent get in the Hall of Fame before. Yes. Right. What? Yes. There we yes. go. God. Yes. Let me. I'm going to hop there. in though and talk about like peak performance versus longevity. Like at there, you got to admit, like Odell Beckham. I don't think if he retired right now would be a Hall of Famer. But we're talking peak performance and, and the shortened period of time, like someone like Calvin Johnson or, or Terrell Davis. There was a five-year stretch, and he's not in that list anymore, but a five-year stretch where OBJ was a top three receiver in the league. Some years you could argue one. I mean, I would say there was, yeah, three-year stretch, and then his reputation carried him uh, another year or two. Those are the first three years, too. Well, remember, his first year, he didn't play the first four or five games because of a hamstring injury that he suffered in the preseason, I believe. And then he came on and you know led the league in yards per game. It would have led the league in receiving yards if he played all 16, obviously. Still had 1,300, though. Yeah, I mean, thir- I mean, it was a, yeah, had 130 targets, 91 catches, 1300 receiving yards, and 12 touchdowns as a rookie. Well, and at that pace, because like you said, Brenton, he led the league in receiving yards, 108.8 yards per game. If he had played in all 16 games at that pace, he would have finished with almost 1800 receiving yards, which would have been insane for a rookie. Yeah, and he had 1450 receiving yards the next year, 1367 the year after that. I mean, 170 targets in 2016. Then suffered the, uh, the ankle injury, or I think it was an ankle injury in the preseason in 2017. Only played two games. They kind of rushed him back, and then he he ended up missing the rest of the season. And then was a meh for the Giants in, in 2018, and then was traded that offseason uh, to the Cleveland Browns. Where Hold know, on. 20, 2016 is when he got in the fight with the net, and then he proposed to it. That's when things started going. Yeah. going, going oh, outside. 2015 is when he fought with Josh Norman. Oh, yeah. It's a huge fight. It was a big deal. So, I mean, yeah, to Debo, to your point, his his three years, the first three years of his career, if he had that over the course of six years, then we're having a conversation. But the last four years, just, he, you know, the numbers aren't there. But, but I mean, like, I mean, Calvin Johnson, that's why, you know, I understand the comparable for, you know, people. No, I don't think it's close to Calvin Johnson. Calvin, yeah, Johnson. Calvin Johnson led the league in receiving yards twice. And nearly had two thousand receiving yards. Yeah, it's not close. Right. I'm. I mean, three times second team All Pro. I think that's a, a much better indicator. And you guys didn't thankfully bring up Pro Bowls as an argument because that's not great. But three times second team All Pro shows that you're one of the top guys at the position. Not having a first team All Pro. You know, there's only two or three guys on that list. So that's that's tough to achieve. But you can see for at least a three-year stretch that he is one of the best. And that's nothing Julian Edelman or some of these Wes Walker ever, ever even sniffed. Yeah, I, that's fine. I don't disagree with that. There, I mean, there are ways, there are different ways other than just here are his numbers to discuss that guy for the Hall of Fame. But I would think Odell Beckham needs another three-year period similar to what he did to start the season. Maybe... Well, yeah. I mean, if he had, if he puts up six years of 1,400 yards and 90 catches, ain't going to do it. Oh, I think so. That would be dumb. If he, if he had, let's say, so his person. His next three years, if his next three years replicate his first three years, he's still not getting in. Ooh, I disagree with that. Okay. 
If if, if they replicate you the guys, but you have to remember, you and Breach. I don't know how Breach feels about this one, but you guys want to put everyone in every time we have the Hall of Fame conversation. And I'm much more conservative about that. Well, so his we're saying his three best years were those first three years, right? Mm-hmm. And he totaled four thousand one hundred and twenty-two yards combined receiving in those first three years. That wasn't even tops in the NFL in that span for those three years. Uh, he never led the league in receiving. I mean, yeah. Wilson, your boy Antonio Brown, had more in that three-year period, and Julio Jones had more in that three-year period. Oh, actually, you're right. All I right, mean, so he's at both those guys are Hall of Famers, though. I mean, yeah. I think Antonio Brown's going to be a fringe candidate because oh, of the yeah. way his Odell career tanked. Sixty-eight thirty receiving yards. If he averaged his per Sixteen game average. Let's let's say he averages thirteen seventy four over the next three years, which is what he averaged the first three years. We we'll didn't even give him per three games. That is four thousand one hundred twenty two six eight thirty plus four one two two ten thousand nine hundred fifty two yards. That would put him. Jeez, oh, Louise. But then my, do a, a couple of years on the back end. Years. What's that? You know, three years of that peak performance to match the first three years, but then also a couple more years on the back end to accumulate. He's only 28, so he, he has three years like the first three, takes it to 31, and he plays a couple more to 34. Y'all, uh, must, have, y'all must have money on uh, futures on, on Odell going to the Hall of Fame. No, no, I'm saying, right, but like if you add those three years on, and he's still below Chad Johnson and right there with Joey Galloway. And that's, what was, that's what I was trying to tell you. So then if he, let's say he gets another 10 years, if he does 10 years of what he did the first three years, uh, yeah. No, I'm just, get what I'm saying. So then you're at 10, 9, 52. Let's give him another 1,000-yard season, a 900-yard season. and Those it, suck. I mean, those aren't Hall of Fame-type numbers. But but if he gets a 13,000 yards, he's going to be in a conversation. Yeah, but you're he's had six good seasons, and then you're trying There's to – There's no reason to think that he's suddenly going to – Average 1,350. You know who has numbers wise, he has a similar career to is Demarius Thomas. Sure. There you go. All right. So we all vote now, unless he just tears it up. But our question was right now, would you put him in the Hall of Fame? The answer is hell no. Yeah. Right now, the answer is no. Yeah. I'm hard, maybe. Okay. (laughs) Enough. Enough. We added another six minutes for the back of the discussion. Five star favorite morning podcast from Claude Von Stroke. Yeah, podcast. Nice, love it, Claude. Claude Von Stroke, favorite morning podcast. You say, I wake up to these dudes in coffee every morning, and they deliver. Really love the Friday mailbag pods. Congratulations, you made one. Brinson making fun of Breach and then calling. (laughs) He almost said it. He almost said it. What a dummy. Newfoundland, Newfoundland. (laughs) Laughing emoji. Question. Can we please try to do a listener fantasy football league this season? Uh, answer. Yes. My suggestion, uh, having just had our good friend Josh Norris of underdog fantasy on here for the listener podcast league. Why don't we do a best ball league? How's that you, work? You do the draft and you don't do, you don't do anything else for the rest of the year. Oh, that's, that's how I play regular fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> It takes so basically, if you draft three quarterbacks and it's a one quarterback league, it takes your best quarterback score each week. Oh, so you, don't to, you don't have to add or drop a bunch of people. You don't do any, you know, you don't do any lineup settings or anything like that. It just takes your best possible score each week from your roster. So there's strategy in how you draft, but you don't have to deal with the daily, the day to day minutia of fantasy leagues. And I, I'm kind of here for it. Oh God, uh, yeah, I was here for it from Jump Street. That that game was definitely invented by an American, by the way. 
How can I do less work? Yes, best ball. Let's call it something interesting and exciting. Um, while I take a nap. So yeah, we'll we'll do a, we'll do a listener fantasy league of some sort. The other thing we could do is uh, do a listener DraftKings league. That's a lot more work. It sounds like right because DraftKings is daily. No, it's just once a week. Yeah. So once a week, you put in ten bucks. If you want to put in, you can put in ten bucks and you can join the league. All right. If you, you want to do can. it week a week? I, I just I'm over season long fantasy. Just over it. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you like we talk about the gas issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy Texan said that down in Leland, the line is a hundred cars deep at one of the gas stations that still has gas available. Those dumbasses are going to run out of gas waiting to get more gas. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, moving along. So yes, Stroke will have one. Claude, How do you, you know, know who not- is causing all this? Elon Musk he wants everyone to buy an electric car. Oh, good theory, Breach. I'm blaming him. We watched Saturday Night Live. We all got brainwashed, and now we're out of gas. I'm on this Illuminati. I'm way above that, guys. I know what's going on here. What do you mean? We've all nothing. We all watched Saturday Night Live, and now we're out of gas. He was hosting it, so it was like he brainwashed us into believing that we're out of gas. Uh, into thinking that we need to go buy gas, and so now there's a gas shortage, and now everyone's going to want to buy an electric car. Brinson, I'm three levels ahead of you. You don't even know why there's a gas shortage. You're six levels behind. Learn the game. Learn the game. (laughs) (laughs) Hope to get on the mailbag. Josh Dub says, uh, congratulations, you made it. Best NFL podcast out there. Love the banter between you guys. Really feels like I'm listening to a bunch of awesome friends talking about football, except for Breach. What? Oh, a pie! I'd like to know that Brinson didn't just play the dunk music. This email specifically asked for the dunk music to be played. That's why I played it. Yeah, dunk. It said dunk. LOLs anyway. LOL anyway. Question. I'm a huge OSU fan, Ohio State, born in Seabus, that's Columbus, then moved to Tennessee a couple this years ago. This guy ago. has stolen my wife's story, and he hates me. What is going on here? He's from oh. Ohio and moved to Tennessee? Well, if he's a huge Ohio State fan, he's probably a Browns fan, which means he's probably being a big fan. Okay, then we're sworn enemies. That makes sense. Right. And he actually lives in Nashville. Oh, I'm not putting my address on the podcast anymore. Yep. Uh, I don't know if he lives in Nashville. So obviously yelled out loud when the uh, and been a huge Bears fan my whole life. Not a Browns fan. I'm an idiot. I even read that. So obviously yelled out loud when the Bears picked Fields. If you look at the Bears QB and running and RB rooms, quarterback and running back rooms now after the draft, the Bears have the deepest rooms in depth when it comes to those positions. Sure, Breach would love watching Andy Dalton be a backup to Justin Fields. <laughs> that was my dog. Um, I would also say, hell no, they don't have the deepest quarterback depth. If you love Andy Dalton, I guess you can talk yourselves into it. But um, I guess the question is, do you value the quality of the, like the quality of the backup? Are, are we? Are, I, here's how I look at this question. If the starter went down, how comfortable do you feel being successful the rest of your season? Because like you, I mean, it, because there's no way anybody would take the Bears quarterback room. You know, like you're not taking the Bears quarterback room over the Buccaneers quarterback room, even if that has Blaine Gabbert and Ryan Griffin, because you have Tom Brady. So, Brinson, I think you're going to say is how much should you weigh the starter? By the uh, way, Blaine Gabbert, I don't think he's been assigned. It's Ryan Griffin and Kyle Trask. Blaine Gabbert has been signed, Wilson. Well, you still you, left Do you college. follow football after the draft, or you just wait till next year's draft? I'm trying not to follow it, but because I have to do these freaking podcasts, I can't take a, take a rest. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Blake yes. Gabbert has returned. They have four quarterbacks. All right, there you go. My bad. Um, yeah, I don't understand the math about how the Bears are deepest at any position, though. That strikes me as curious. Like, even the running back position, Tariq Cohen. Is Tariq coming off an ACL, or did I dream that? I feel like he's been – he was injured, right? Did Tariq get injured? Either way, it's Dave Montgomery, then it's Damian Williams, uh, Khalil Herbert, and a bunch of other guys that probably won't make the team. So I'm not sure where the depth comes from. And you did not dream it. <laughs> it happened back in September, Wilson. Okay, so he'll be healthy, and that's great and all, but that's doesn't strike me as a, it's a deep running back class for the, I mean, a, a run, running back room for the Bears. Yeah, I, I was, I, I didn't really understand that. As far as the quarterback thing goes, I, here's a hot take. You know who's got a deeper quarterback room than the Bears? The Bills with Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, oh, oh. Who's the third quarterback for the that's, Bills right now? That's a good dunk. Oh, I don't care. I don't. I don't know if they have. It was Matt Barkley, and then they cut him when they signed Trubisky. I think it's contract. The third quarterback. It's well, John, my boy Jake Fromm. And then oh yeah, it is Jake Fromm. Then Davis Webb. Yeah, uh, so the Bills beat out the Bears easily. Yeah, I mean half a dozen. The Bears, the Bears are trying to get rid of Nick Foles, and they can't. They can't trade. No one will take him. You have one game to win. Are you starting? Breach, I'll ask you because I know the answer. That you have one game to win. Are you starting Mr. Bisky, Nick Foles, or Andy Dalton? Uh, is it a playoff game or a regular season game? <laughs> it's at 1 p.m. on a Tuesday. All right, Andy Dalton. Self owned, that is. <laughs> he knows the truth. Yeah, he does. My if point it's a is playoff game, I'm picking Nick Foles. If it's a regular season game at 1 p.m., I'm picking Dalton. Obviously, um, Josh Allen's number one, but I mean, at the end of this year, we could be talking about Justin Herbert as, a, I mean, excuse me, Justin Fields as a, uh, as a guy who's on the same path as Josh Allen. We just don't know. I would take, I would probably take two and Jacoby Brissett over. Uh, over Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Yeah, I don't hard, know about that. Hard pass. What, 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 Trevor, what, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew? Yes, but what have you seen from Tua that makes you think he's he's good? I mean, he's played in NFL games, unlike Justin Fields. What about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance? I would take that for sure. That's on my list. Um, That's Derek, for sure. Derek and Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I'd probably do well, that. Yeah, I was driving the Marcus Mariota train. Yeah, I had Justin Herbert and, and Chase Daniel on there. Um, I, honestly, I think I'd just take Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney. What about Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph? Would you take them over? No. <laughs> I would take uh, Daniel Jones and Mike Glennon. Talk about someone who's done a, an about face on Twitter. This guy. And uh, what about what about uh, Cam Newton and Mac Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, who are Mac and Cam? Oh, they're my number one quarterback ranking. <laughs> you guys didn't have that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, I think we all agree that the Bears don't have the most have the best quarterback room. I'm not as as down on them as you guys are, which is weird for you, Breach, because you love Andy Dalton. So I'm not down. I just don't think they're number one. So all right, let's do it this way. So Kellen Mond, Kirk Cousins versus the Bears. Who are you taking? I mean, it's a little closer. I'm probably taking my Dalton Foles Fields combo. Okay, and what about um, Jared Goff and whoever the other quarterback is in Detroit? Not taking Jared Goff in any combo. And J Jordan Love is the other answer. So this might be the best quarterback uh, tandem in, in that division. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's Jared Goff and Tim Boyle, of course, and David Blau, who started the game. Again. I mean, I'm taking Rodgers and Love over them. Rodgers is not going to be we there. We don't know that he's going to be there, but he is still there right now. So right now I'm taking the Packers. But he's not going to be there when the season starts. Now so. we're recording this before Friday and watch him get traded between now and then. But you know in your heart of hearts he's not coming back, I feel. 
Ryan, you don't know what I know in my heart of hearts. I, I think this question is more like <laughs> who goes the best three deep. Like two deep is it's not a, even a question. Like the Bears are not in consideration, but three deep where the guys are somewhat interchangeable. I think. Well, the the other thing, Debo, is that the Packers have two quarterbacks on the roster, and they're about to have one, so they automatically lose. Right. I mean, half the teams in the NFL only carry two quarterbacks at this point. Steelers have three: Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph. Where Where Duck go? Oh yeah, Duck signed. I think he signed out west. I think he signed with the Chargers last I saw. Justin Herbert and Duck Hodges. <laughs> Half a dozen. The the Texans have Deshaun Watson, Tarot Taylor, and Ryan Findley. And Davis Mills. You keep leaving out the rookies, Breach. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the draft guy. You're the draft guy. I mean, the, the problem with the Bears thing is that Foles just isn't going to be there. We don't know that. How do you know? They're, they're going to cut Foles and just bite the bullet and take the L. Okay, well, let's do the, what's better, Jordan Love by himself or Andy Dalton and Justin Fields? Uh, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Okay, Matt Stafford and uh, Tim Boyle. Is that the Rams backup? I think it's John Wolford. Because Matt no, Stafford, it's not. I just look. It's Matt, it's, it's Boyle and it's Boyle and Blau. I just looked him up. Matt Stafford's not on the Lions, bro. No, Jared Goff. I meant Jared Goff and Tim Boyle. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing the the, the NFC North. Yeah, yeah, you said Matt Stafford. Yeah, he used to play there. <laughs> um, I I'll take the Bears. Yeah, of course. And then finally, the other team. Oh yeah. So you're saying if Andy Rod- if Andy Rogers, if Aaron Rodgers is traded, we'll take the Bears. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Andy yeah. Rogers. The point is that it's not super sexy, but it might end up being the best group in that division. But he said <laughs> he didn't said, say in the NFL. Well, that's crazy talk. I mean, clearly he just said best. He said have the deepest rooms in depth at those positions. Maybe he meant in I, the in the division. Maybe he meant on the team. In which case, yes, they are the deepest positions on the team deepest professional football team in chicago yeah. uh, anyway the point being is that andy dalton stinks Moving i mean along. the point here is with a take like that i'm honored this guy doesn't want to talk football with me honored that's a way to appease the fans breach. He's, pop- <laughs> he's, pop- he's popping up andy dalton and lives in tennessee this, this might be you with a burner account yeah. and like breach burner yeah all right let's take a break when we come back uh we will tell you which set of brothers would be the best to start an NFL team with? The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. From Humphrey555, the Apple podcast. Super friends equals super pod. Absolutely killer podcast. Look forward to each episode every single day. If you guys were starting up a team and could choose one set of NFL brothers to play for you, who would you pick? Travis and Jason Kelsey, Joey and Nick Bosa, or TJ, Derek, and JJ Watt? Keep it up, fellas. Great question. Great question. Now, I think we need one qualifier. Uh-huh. Are we taking these guys right now, or are we taking these guys at their at sort of their peak of their powers? Because Let's take them at their peaks. I agree. I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going with Martin and Santiago Gramatica. <laughs> Why would you steal my answer before I, I even get the answer? That's that's not oh! over at Wilson. Did your dad have any brothers that were kick and kick? Uh, no. All right, I'll just take Jim Breach then. All yeah. right, yeah. So uh, who's the best? This is uh, a tough peak, question. Peak of powers. I'm going Watt brothers. And also, let's peak powers, but they also have the same injury history because I think both the brothers would have the advantage. But those guys are hurt a lot. I, I mean, if you're right now, it's the Bosa's for sure. Yeah. I mean, Nick got hurt last year, right? This yeah, season was in with ACL. They're under 30. With Travis and Jason, both guys are over 30. And JJ and TJ, obviously. Yeah, and you're just disrespecting Derek. There are three Watt brothers there. So you get three for two. True. That is a. I mean, JJ Watt was in the MVP conversation. He single handedly won a playoff game for the Texans when he intercepted. Uh, I can't remember who it was. He intercepted somebody and took it to the house for a pick. You want me to say it? I'm not going to say it. It was Andy Dalton. Getting wearing out this dunk button in this podcast. No, no, no. It's, not a dunk button. it's now called the Dalton button. <laughs> <laughs> I think Travis and Jason are underrated because you're getting a Hall of Fame tight end. And I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame center, but he's a really good center. I'm sure Debo could tell us whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. But I mean, it's just not sexy to pick a center. A Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame dunker when it comes to murdering Mike Lombardi in Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl speeches. Yes. Yeah. I think Michael well, I think is. that it wouldn't be these guys in their prime who says if you're starting a team right now. But what uh, do you have a time machine, dum dum? Well, well, well if your time machines don't right exist, now, right? It's only a theory. I mean, if you're starting a team right now, it's 100% the Poster Brothers. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Here's my problem is that if you're starting right now, J.J. Watt is too old. He's on the tail end of his career, so you're really getting Derek and T.J. You're not building a foundation of your team around Derek Watt and T.J. Watt. Uh, with the Kelsey's, if you have offensive players, you need a quarterback to make the team. Like Joey and Nick Bosa are playing independent. Uh, you yeah. know, you just throw them out on defense, and they're sacking the quarterback. That's it. Yeah, uh, the Kelseys are both in the thirties too, I believe. So I, yeah, it's probably the Bosas, but the Bosas had the, the highest injury history. Maybe I'll go with Terrell and Tremaine Edmonds. I like the, my answer is not on this list either. If I was starting NFL team, the brother set I would go with uh, Jim and John Harbaugh. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. They're 100 years old. What are you talking about? They can coach for 40 more years. He'd be my head coach and my coordinator. Would you fire Zach Taylor to hire Jim Harbaugh? How much? Like in three seconds, literally. I don't know. I, like, I'm skeptical. Wait, yes, yes. I'd fire Zach Taylor to hire John Taylor. I don't even know who John Taylor is. To hire anybody named Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. After the Michigan stuff has me concerned. Uh, he'd be better in the NFL. He went to three straight NFC championship games, Ryan. I mean, that's how bad Zach Taylor is. You fire him for literally like 31 other coaches. Would you fire him for Jim Bob Cooter? 
Oh my God, he's hesitating. This is awkward. Wait, what? I didn't know you were talking to me. No, I, I don't want Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> Too late. He hesitated. Uh, New Bengals head coach. Yeah, you, I think it's the process. Would you fire Zach Taylor for Press Taylor, who was uh, the Eagles trash quarterback coach, <laughs> ruined and is now with the Colts? One man's trash can be another man's treasure, Debo. He came up with the play, Debo. You loved him three years ago. Mm. Would, you, would you fire Zach Taylor for noted octogenarian songwriter James Taylor? Um, does James, T- yes. Would yes. you fire Zach Taylor for Zach Galifianakis? Uh, you could probably make a good movie out of it, and so it would give me some laughs, so yes. I need yeah. some laughs right now. Zach Taylor looks like the least funny person on planet Earth. Would I fire Zach Taylor for Zach Morris? Yes. <laughs> that was, that was, that's what I was going to ask. But do you, old Zach Morris or young Zach Morris? Old back you remember, in the day, giant cell phone Zach Morris. Do you remember? And he the calls name? in every play from the giant cell phone. Do you remember the name of the band that he formed? Zach Attack? You got it. I knew you were. Come on now. Zach Taylor for Zach De La Roca. Who's Zach De La Roca? No. From uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, God. I don't Would you fire Zach Taylor for Zach Braff? <laughs> Maybe. What list did you Because Bengals players person? are always getting hurt, and since he played a medical person on TV, he could probably help. I mean, I'm looking at famous Zachs on the internet, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. I was going to say maybe Zach Thomas you could fire Zach Taylor for. That would be a good one. Not right? Okay. He's not paying attention. Yes. Sure. Sounds good. All right. So let's, um, let's move on to the next question, which is the pod is – this is a long one. Hold on. Whew. The pod is incredible. It's a perfect blend of good educational analysis and a fun side um, – and the fun bicker, fun side bickering of sports. Always listen to this one, whether I'm driving, casually listening, playing video games, or simply chilling out. My question is career field related. I'm headed to college mm-hmm. in the fall for my social sciences education degree. But one of my true passions since 2013 has been football and especially the Green Bay Packers. I would never forget that that the win it the win it and in it game for the playoffs against Chicago when Kuhn Kuhn made a crucial block against Julius Peppers to allow Mm -hmm. Rodgers to find Randall Cobb for the walk-off touchdown on fourth down. Anyway, as time goes on before school, I debate whether I should go for my education degree or get into the sports world. Mm -hmm. How would I achieve that? How could I get myself into sports world like scouting or management? Plus, is it realistic without truly playing the sport? Well, yes. If you could also give some positive insight on the Packers, I would truly appreciate it. After an offseason with a constantly conservative front office, annoying conversations about Aaron Rodgers' uh, situation as a Packer, and everyone's saying the Packers will find a way to screw up the draft, like taking a QB in the first round to replace Tim Boyle. I could really use it. I know it was a long question, but thanks for taking the time to read it and possibly answer it for the mailbag. It's from Nick Hoinker uh, uh, via Apple Podcast. Well, great news, Nick. Tim Boyle is now the Lions as I last check. So there's only two quarterbacks on the roster. The other good news is like, I I think Aaron Rodgers is probably done over under five. Is that good news? Well, I was a Packers fan. That's horrible. I'm going to give um, Nick the good news in a second. Over under 5% that Aaron Rodgers is there in September. I mean, I'm taking over under I'm doing under two, but I think Jordan loves 5%. I think Jordan loves going to be good. So that's the good news. I was trying to get to, I think, Uh, well, the bad news is that uh, their general manager, a week ago said, oh, I don't think he's ready. Yeah, that's so what that's you say to make news. Aaron. You say that to make Aaron feel good. And as soon as Aaron leaves, you say, oh, I knew he was ready the whole time. We're tired of babysitting Aaron Rodgers. 
That's what you say. Well, you, should, you should be the Packers general manager. I do think if you're, I mean, it is weird to say like, oh, we don't know if he's ready, but I do also think you want to, you, you don't, if you come out and say, we think Jordan Love is ready to go right now, you're only, you're poking the bear. <laughs> yeah, you're poking the bear and pushing Aaron Rodgers further away. I mean, you've already stabbed the bear and shot him in the head. Like, there's no more poking here. No one cares. <laughs> they got this. They, they got the sequence wrong. They're supposed to poke yeah, him first. Yeah, and then stab yeah him. you know, like you don't have to dance <laughs> around this anymore. You shot the proverbial bear in the proverbial head. <laughs> <laughs> but don't poke him. Whatever you do, don't poke him. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, here was here was the exact quote about right. Jordan Love. He's got a long way to go. Obviously, we think the world of Jordan, where he's going to grow and develop. I think it's pretty early to be able to tell you that because obviously with no preseason games last year and just kind of the no spring, but we have a lot of confidence in his talents and his work, work ethic and where he's going to go, unquote. That's from Goody. Goody. Goody Kunst. Goody Kunst. Maybe he's a long way to go. Maybe he's driving home from California. It's you possible. Why would he be in California? Hanging out with Aaron Rodgers? That's, what, that's where he grew up. So, I mean, as far as the look, as far as the positive news for the Packers goes, either Aaron Rodgers is going to play for him and they'll be really good again, or Aaron Rodgers is going to play for somebody else and they'll get a bunch of draft picks. And they have a former first round pick who's really talented that people love the upside with and probably would have, you know, applauded someone else other than the Packers taking. Let me ask you this: as I think about this, while you're talking, is that positive enough? I'm going to uh, – here's my bold prediction. Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers in 2021. No, Whoa. Jordan Love is uh, – the Packers with Jordan Love will win more games than the Saints will win this year. Is um That's a tougher division in the NFC South. Do we know what Jameis – I mean, we know what Jameis is, but now that he's got new eyes and he's slimmer and all that, I mean, do we feel that much better? Is Jameis going to be better than Jordan Love? Yes. I would I would take Jameis over Jordan Love. You'd rather have Jameis than Jordan in Love? In 2021. I don't know about for the long haul. Yeah, I'll just, I'm going to ride the Jordan Love train. I'll see what happens. That train is crashing, Ryan. Says the guy who propped up the Bengals for. Says the person years. who's been riding the Andy Dalton train and it's crashed several times. We're out of airbags. I'm in survival mode right now. We're eating each other. That's the Andy Dalton train, okay? You don't want to be on that train. So, the, the, was, Jordan Love bandwagon is crashing harder than Joe Burrow's long in week five. Ooh. Breach is in. Breach was in Fast and Furious 27. He was actually in a train scene, and he seems to think there are airbags on trains. That's what I learned from that <laughs> conversation. Why would you think there are airbags on trains? He, he, got, uh, he got away from himself there. So anyway, uh, Nick is actually asking about his best course of action to pursue his his dream as he heads off to college. You know, we talked about this on the podcast last week, Breach, um, with Fornelli and, and Chip that, you know, we all sort of got in this at the right time, like 12, 15 years ago when no one else was doing it and we were all making four cents a post. So it's a lot more difficult now to differentiate mm -hmm. yourself. And we've actually talked about before the podcast, people that go around, don't do this, Nick. Don't go around clout chasing, as I like to call it, trying to make a name for yourself on the inner tubes and then get famous that way. Don't take any shortcuts, but I don't know what the long cut is to get there. I mean, Breach, you probably might have more insight since you actually took the more traditional career path among the three. Wait, whoa, whoa, why do we think Breach took a Breach go to J school? Yeah. And I worked at a newspaper. Yeah. While I we were while you were doing podcasts in the conference room of the travel agency and I was sitting in my basement, Breach was actually he was on I was the covering beat. high school sports and and keeping the stats because no one there has stats for you. Try I've, doing I've that. College I've covered women's college women's volleyball. It's a big deal. I love that you're trying to crap on Breach's uh, let's just not act like Breach is some like grind his way up. He Breach 
We killed the power at the Superdome in order to get onto the NFL team at the at CBS. He, he's like people, he like pinned it on Beyonce. Uh, <laughs> Pulled the plug on the on the power. With this guy's question, though, it sounds like he's thinking about going to school and getting an education degree. And he doesn't list what college he's thinking about going to. And I think that is a big thing because, like, when I was at Miami, uh, and this is how you'll you'll got people who did not play the sport is getting involved with the sport. Like I worked for the football team, and I was there at a good time when Ben Roethlisberger was there, when Sean McVay was there. So eventually, you have these guys who you could connect with down the road. If I had ever tried to get a job with the Steelers, you know, and you mentioned, Hey, I went to school with Ben or you. And so if you're at a big school, go to the big school and, you know, try and get a job covering sports at the school, whether that's working for the football team, the soccer team, uh, whatever it is, just get inside with the athletic department, or if it's covering sports from a writing perspective, try and do that. So there's a lot of good reasons a lot of things, a lot of ways you can help yourself while you're working toward that education degree. It's harder if you say, you know what, I'm not going to go to college. I'm just going to start from square one and try and figure out uh, how to get a job in sports management or scouting or, or wherever you want. So that makes it a lot more difficult. You have a lot better chance of making a lot of connections if you do it through college because a lot of those college guys might end up in the NFL or another professional sport. By yeah. the way, no, um, no job in college working, like whether it's the sports information department or whatever, too small. Like, yeah. Any, like whether it's women's volleyball and you don't care about volleyball, that doesn't matter. The whole idea is to get experience sort of knowing what to do, whether it's writing press releases or whatever, making connections, traveling with the team and getting things set up. All of it will actually, you know, who, who probably knows this better than all of us is our guy Devo. He did that. Oh, yeah. Devo did a bunch of work at Penn state, right? Devo? I mean, I was, I was a broadcast journalism major. So that got me, um, on the door. Back. Did seven or eight internships that whole path. But one of my classmates actually was just so invested in, in college football and was interested in kind of the media route, but ultimately wanted to be in an NFL organization in an NFL front office. So he just learned the game more than anyone else is, is skinnier than I am. Um, wow. But just watched a hundred college games a weekend, probably lacked a little bit of a social life at times, but worked his way and now is at 29 years old within a front office that um, is, is making moves and is, is close to the GM. And, you know, you, you work your way up and what, uh, what front office is he in? He is with an AFC team. Um, but grind it just literally. Who's your favorite AFC team, Diva? Who's it's my favorite AFC team? It's the Colts. Carson Wentz. Oh, that's right. Fair no, fair. but um, you know, he just learned the game. It sound like Pr- Pete Prisco here, but you know, you know, I think we all have an understanding of, of of football and and you know try to understand it on a deeper level for those of us that didn't play. But you really have to to learn the game beyond just even the level that that journalists are at. If you really want to be a scout, so watch as much as possible. Try to, to, to the, make those connections without doing it so publicly and, and clout chasing, like Ryan said. And, and things, it'll be a grind, but things could work out for you. That's the other thing that I think sometimes some people do understand it, but a lot of young people don't. It's a, everything that you want to do that's worth doing is going to be a ton of work. Yeah. I mean, this job is not. Like, the exception's Brinson. He doesn't work at all. <laughs> but me and Breach make up for that work, so we get screwed. <laughs> I mean, I can't overstate how much how many hours we've put into this particular job but the funny thing is like uh i've known brent since 2008 i've known breach since 2012 breach i can remember the year it feels like i've known you way too long but it feels like it doesn't feel like we've been doing this for 12 years it feels like we've sort of 
fall into this relatively quickly, quickly, but it has literally been 13, 14 years that we've been doing this. And I've said this before on the podcast, but there was a time in 2008 where me and Brinson and Michael Davis Smith, who's now pro football talk, who's the managing editor over there would call into blog talk radio, whatever the hell that telephone line was called <laughs> to do a, like a three-way, have a three-way uh, podcast. Yeah. It was, and it, you know, it's just something you did. It was better than doing a real job. And it was sort of clunky and goofy and in retrospect, if we heard it probably sounds like dog crap, but I mean, that's the, that's the point. No, I mean, we, we grinded for little to no money trying to, you know, trying to chase a dream. I mean, that's, that's, that's what ultimately you kind of have to do if you want to get into this business. I think a couple of pieces of advice I, I would give, um, one, definitely go to school and, you know, find a, I, I think that, maybe one thing that I would have done differently is, you know, when you go to college, you know, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself in terms of what you're going to do. So you like, you know, maybe you don't want to be in sports management, maybe, you know, but like a business degree could work and then you could get a minor in sports management or something like that. That way you have outs, um, you know, going to, going to law school is obviously, you know, that's an extra thing, education, but that gives you, a, a different twist on whatever it is you're trying to do. And I think f figure out specifically what you want to do. So not just like, I want to be in sports because that's really broad and, and really tough to, to kind of you know pin down how to achieve that goal. So try and, you know, narrow it down, narrow your focus. So that way you can pick things in life that you will do as you get your education that will benefit that particular goal. I agree with breach. My biggest regret, you know, when I was at NC state, uh, cause I wasn't, you know, working hard or doing well in school, which I can tell you is that, uh, like I didn't go work for the technician and I should have, cause I mean, there were a bunch of, you know, I mean, like you know, a bunch of professional athletes, current professional athletes who, you know, who would have been there. And so I think finding those opportunities inside in, in, in college that will be, you know, you kind of have to have a longer term view than, all right, we're just going to school to, you know, get wasted and have fun. Um, or even just to go get a degree, you know, finding those opportunities that will benefit you long-term. It's is, easier to do that in college, make friendships in college with people who go on to do things. Debo's friends with this guy who's now in a front office on an AFC team. It'd be a lot harder for Debo, uh, which is what I do in the offseason. I send out cold call emails to people. Debo can call his friend up and say, hey, what do you think about this? And that's someone he's known for 10 years or Debo's probably on a and, and real quick, the Rams actually have a good story on this. They have a story on their website called How to Become an NFL Scout, where they had each of their area scouts uh, explain how they got the job. And one of them was, uh, I started with the Browns when I was in college. I was one of their interns for five years. Uh, then I went to chiefs the summer before the lockout. So back in 2011, I interned with the Titans, uh, then went to the Rams intern grinding tape for the draft. The Rams had a scouting spot opened up and I got offered it because he had at that point, he had seven years in film, so he knows what he's doing to our robot. What? Keep yeah. going. You trying to do a robot for a second. Oh, no. Uh, so that, you know, like, so he in college got an interning job with an NFL team, which is something you can also look for. And then another one of the scouts says uh, he got hired at Arizona State as a student assistant to work in their recruiting department. And while uh, out on the football field one day, he ran into an NFL scout and just kind of picked his brain and kind of moved up from there. And so there's a lot of ways it can happen, but for most of these guys, it happens uh, by going to school and and whether it's meeting NFL scout or just having doors open through an internship. Uh, so that seems to be the most popular route. 
I, I mean, the bottom line is you you have to get lucky, but the key to getting lucky is that when the luck, when the fortunate opportunity presents itself, that you have the qualifications to take advantage of it and you have the preparation to take advantage of it. And I think, I mean, you know, we can, you, we can goof on each other for work ethic and all we want, but you know, when this CBS job opened up, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I feel like we all had the, the proper qualifications to, you know, for, for the job, for what they were looking for, the person that they were looking for. And, and that's, you know, that's just part of it. You've got to, you've got to do the work to get, put yourself in position to take advantage of, the fortunate opportunities that will present themselves at some point in life. Because and will, as I always say, be a good person. Yes, be a good person. That's another thing I wish I'd done a little bit more of is not be an a-hole early on. And type in a Howie Roseman Wikipedia page if you want a, a path to success. Yeah, stab everyone in the back. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he... You know, Howie how he was uh, grinding his way up to the bottom. Yeah, he worked from the very bottom to the very top uh, to some dismay, but he's there, so... <laughs> There's, there's different paths that everyone takes, but there's no, I think, perfect answer, but all that combined, I think, could get you there. Definitely do not stop going to school. Definitely do not bail on college to try to get into sports because that college degree, while I th- there's a longer, deeper discussion about that, I suppose, I do think that college degree still matters when you're trying to gain employment in, a, in this, in, I don't know about the world, but certainly this country, right? Yeah, it depends. I say and because, I mean, you're spending, uh, depending on who you are, you're spending $300,000 on college. And I, I've long been a proponent of who has two kids who will be college age mm-hmm. for a relatively short period of time. Like if you gave me $300,000 a year to start my life as an 18-year-old, would I be in a different spot? I wouldn't have any debt. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't have the same experiences, obviously, but that's just my side. No, no, no. I, I agree with your philosophy that college is probably overrated in terms of but there's a lot of reasons to go in addition to the there's the social aspect learning to be on your own all the other stuff i agree with that for the most part i just have five percent of me it's like god why they charge so much for college it's a racket yeah i i think i mean what what i really don't want to do is have this kid not go to college and then pin it on the podcast uh, <laughs> that would that would be not good but i mean the thing the thing about school is that it, we're not we're not at the point and we're not going to be at the point for probably another f- 10 to 15 years where the majority of employers are accepting 22 year olds 18 to 22 year olds without a college education like you're going to have to you have to find a way to show hey look i'm really good right. at x which means you have to create your own online portfolio and that's a lot harder to do particularly yeah. go to college that's right go to college wilson now panic that he's scared someone else out of college oh boy so on that note let's wrap up the part one of the mailbag we'll be back on monday for part two okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 